attention, please. From his desert floor studios at the base of Camelback Mountain, under the watchful eyes of the praying monk, it's time for Harry on RadioWilder.com. Music, stories, life. Now, here's Harry. Friday, November 3rd, back to the Radio Wilder party. Welcome back. Happy to have you. It's our party. It's my party. It's everybody's party because we're free. Got a very interesting show, great show, I believe, this week. We've got some extras going on at the uh, on the site. This is going to be our first week. We don't exactly have it figured out, except we're going to give some stuff away. We do have that part figured out. But we're not sure whether we're going to do it. Uh, well, you know what? Let's just give some of uh, Sacred Canyon some of their great trail mix away. Let's give it away to the first three requests. We uh, Make sure when you put your request, you have your mailing address. And uh, Rick will send it out from the Sacred Canyon headquarters. We're going to have a lot of treats from Rick. He wants to participate in the program and partner, and that's going to be fun. The request line is open, so you can put that in. We are now booked up for the next two weeks on request and got two more waiting. But as I said before, the good news about that is I have a chance to suck you into the program because you have to wait and wait because I promise you I will do your request. Uh, the show this week, we've got, oh, we got a great cover song that's going to go out, and it's going to be covered really in a uh, by two two basically two Hall of Famers. We got, at one time, the world's greatest harp player. That's harmonica for non-band people. We got a little bit of uh, an American who sounds like a Swede. We have a special request going in today, of course. We got another song by the Champs. And we have a couple of, st- a couple of st- songs that are fairly new probably to everybody. They're... Uh, one of them is a 2016, but an interesting group. So hope, hopefully you're going to enjoy that. Uh, happy to be in November. Every week we get more and more comments, getting more requests. The audience is building. And it's actually, uh, as I mentioned last week, some of the personal things that have reached out, the tentacles from it, been very cool. So let's start the program off. Let's get down to music. Let's, let's get it rolling with the sexy, sexy lady. Sunglasses 
fragilities and such like a debutante from days gone by. Shaving where a tired isn't sacrificing much. You lucky guy, you can still get high. But yes or no, sir, Sunday will be there. You only have to please that lady. Think anything you like, but be careful what you say. For another warm night, another dry day. Chrissy Hine, the Pretenders, like the drum work, like the cymbal work especially, uh, very delicate, handles it nicely. So um, what kind of a radio song do you think we should have now? I think it's time for another song on the radio. Hey, I can't find nothing on the radio. Uh, you'll turn to that station.
Yeah. Yeah. Back to a big, important time in rock and roll history, the 50s, February 3rd, 1959, to be exact. Most people call it the day music died. Uh, it was temporarily interrupted as we lost Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, the big bopper. Most people know the story, how it went down. One, one person was sick. Uh, Richie took the place. They gave, he gave him the place, and I believe it was either Waylon Jennings or a band member of Waylon Jennings. But uh, Richie basically started getting his hits right at the very end of 58. So he had about a five or six months of uh, stardom, if you will. Very popular, very interesting uh, rock and roller at the age. He combined some of the Mexican heritage into taking a, a, a basically a Spanish song and making it into a rocker. Real good movie, 1987, called La Bamba, starring Lou Diamond Phillips. It's really a good movie. It's about a four-star. He does a nice job. He looks like him. So let's flash back to the day music died.
Sounds great today. Uh, we didn't play that song, but we did play one of his other big hits or his other big hit, Donna. And uh, we'll, we'll play that down the road. Uh, the next, uh, really, it's a, he's a great instrument player, but he did sing also. And at one time was rated the best harmonica or harp player in the world in the 50s, Little Walter. He's the very first harmonica player to cause feedback or amplify his harp. Played with, you name it, it's, we don't have enough time to say everybody, but it's from Otis Redding to Eric Clapton to all the black blues groups of those days. Went over to England. I think there are one or two film clips of him. That is about it. Uh, Little Walter had tons of tunes, so if you look them up, it's, we're going to play some in our, when we have our uh, All Tuesday Blues Day doing nothing but the blues stuff. I've got 15, 20 of his songs, and there are a lot more out there. But he had a troubled life, uh, alcoholic, got into some stuff, and uh, he was born in 1930 and died in 68. So he had a great time for his 38 years here, and he sings and he plays. So let's, let's listen to My Babe. Don't stand no cheating, my babe Oh, yeah, she don't stand no cheating, my babe Oh, yeah, she don't stand no cheating She don't stand none of that midnight creeping, my babe True little baby, my babe My babe, I know she'd love me, my babe Kissing, hugging me, my babe True little baby, my babe She do so pleasing, my babe. True little baby, my babe. My baby, don't stand no fooling, my babe. Oh, yeah, she don't stand no fooling, my babe. Oh, yeah, she don't stand no fooling. When she's hot, there ain't no cooling, my babe. True little baby, my babe. Here 
Here come the boys from Ireland. The heart is a blue. Shoots up through the stony ground. There's no room. No space to win in this town. Of luck, and the reason that you had to care, the traffic is stuck, and you're not moving anywhere. You thought you'd found a friend to take you out of this place, someone you could lend a hand in return for grace. It's a beautiful. Touch me. 
episode of the Deuces Are Wilder Covers Vault comes Rock's best songs with cool and sometimes crazy or bizarre covers. It's time for Harry's Deuces Are Wilder. It was a beautiful day when Jimi Hendrix decided to cover Bob Dylan's song, One Year Apart, 67 and 68, completely different, wonderful, both of them. The lyrics, of course, are the same, but to have the two Hall of Famers do this tune and to do it a year apart shows the respect and the credit for that they had for each other. So let's listen to All Along the Watchtower. There must be some way out of here Say the joker to the thief There's too much confusion I can't get no relief Businessmen, they drink my wine Plowmen dig my earth None of them along the line Know what any of it is worth
a special request from our buddy Tony Nacarado. He wanted to hear some Stevie Ray Vaughan. And I knew some about Stevie Ray, great blues player. I knew he had an older brother, Jimmy. But once I did a little bit of research and looked at it, I was kind of really surprised how, how prolific he was, how good he was, and how, how deep the drugs got him. He was a super alcoholic, and this isn't being critical. What it means is that there were several of the great guitar players. He might have been the best ever. And I was thinking, you know, when we played, stuff was all around us, of course. You're talking about the 60s and early 70s. There was plenty of everything. Everybody was trying stuff new. But, man, I, I might have a beer for two or three sets, sip it, or maybe a puff of the ugly stuff, just one, because I was high playing, and I didn't want to lose anything on those drums, and none of the other guys on our bands did either. We just didn't do it. And, you know, there are bands, the Frank Zappa that we mentioned, and Jesse Mallon and other ones there. You're just getting high playing. It's such an up. 
And I respected being on the stage so much, and probably because I played with three great musicians, that I, I, I did my best to keep up. So again, it's not being critical, but I was shocked how good they said he was. He wrote a lot, he played a lot, and Rolling Stone magazine rated him the 12th greatest lead guitar player of all time. Unfortunately, he died in a plane wreck in 1990. In fact, it was a helicopter wreck, and he had done a show, his band, his group, with Eric Clapton, and uh, it wasn't a story where somebody took the seat, even though it is kind of freaky, like the 59 deal. <clears throat> but the helicopter took off. There were four of them, three from Eric's band and him, and they were supposed to, there was some hill where they took off, and it was like 150 or 200 feet, and the guy hit it with about 50 feet from the top, killed them all, KO'd them. But that doesn't take away from the greatness of Stevie Ray Vaughan.
going to talk about our little trip out to California, our, our band's journey, our tour that we had lined up, and anybody who followed or listened to the first uh, explanation or reasoning for this particular show, uh, you'll re remember that we went. To, we had a tour book for California. We got to go out and have uh, a six-week tour lined up. And the, the main point of it was the great band that I was in, great because of the three all-stars and Bill and I filling in, was unable to make the tour. We, Bill and Bobby, for different personal reasons, couldn't do it. So point of that is when I got out there and practiced a couple times with uh, our new rhythm guitar player and Sonny's brother, the bass player, I just knew we weren't as good. I knew we just didn't have it. That's just the way it was. But we still had Sonny and Tommy, and you get yourself geeked up for the gig. And our first gig was in Santa, Santa Rosa, and we were to follow a group that just got hot. Sly and the Family Stone, and they—it uh, was an appearance on Woodstock, I think, that did it. And so we went into this club. It was a Saturday night opener, packed crowd, big club, about five, six hundred people in there. So you get jacked up to play and ready to play. Our manager, Jim Dorman, lived in El Paso, and he had booked booked this tour. We're going to go play Jack London. We had some jobs down in San San Jose and a couple of other areas. So, man, I was ready to play. So during every break, you heard Sly songs. And so we got up there, and, man, I just played and played and played. And I, I played drummers. You know, I played drums physically. That's how I like to play them. And all of us really cranked it up. And it was, you know, it was decent, again, because you got Sonny and Tommy, and uh, it wasn't like we used to be. And I, I was thinking, I was laying in bed the other day and I thought, man, I'd wish I had a bunch of money and stuff and I could have paid Bobby and convinced Bill not to go off into the Navy because I think we had a chance to be a very special band. And we were a very special band or we wouldn't have been able to get out there. And we're going to post some uh, pictures and articles about being at the Fillmore, having a chance to go there and doing these other things. But the, the gist of the story is at about 1.30, we're done, and so they served food there, and the owner invited us back into the kitchen, and he was chopping up and cutting up a roast beef. So he offered us a nice roast beef sandwich, and we, God, that was great. Man, I was just perspiring and sweating, and Sunny, of course, it was a sweat machine. So we ate our sandwich comfortably, and the owner started looking at his watch. He said, okay, guys, better get back up there. And, and I said, what do you mean get back up there? And he said, well, we got the after hours, the two to six. And I said, what are you talking about? We all were <laughs> shocked. And he said, You're, you are booked to play 9 to one thirty, and 2 to 6 in the morning. That's how our club works. It's Saturday night. We got a good crowd out there. Now get out there and get playing. And I, and I said, look, I'm beat, man. I shot my wide. And uh, Sonny, of course, was drained. We all were. And the guy looked at us and he said, he took this meat cleaver that he had that he was chopping the roast beef with and he slammed it down on the cutting board and he said, if you guys want to work in California, you want to work at my club, California, or anywhere else, you're going to fulfill this contract. You're here for three or four nights. That's what your job is and that's what you're going to do. So we just looked at each other and said, we all wanted to kill Dorman. And Jim, if you're still around, 
well, we've had this conversation before. We got back up on the stage, probably at that time, maybe 200 out of the five or six were left. By the time 515 rolled around, there was about six people in the crowd. And by then, we were playing soft. We were playing muted. Uh, I, I didn't have much stamina left in that. So the uh, the first appearance of greatness that we thought we were going to have in California was uh, not exactly what we thought it was going to be. But it was exciting to, f to follow Sly in there and be able to play and do the thing. So let's listen to Sly. experience out in California. Got some more tales there about playing at the Hells Angels Club and uh, being maced at People's Park. We'll bring those up a little bit later. But we're going to go over to the Corral of the Champions, the Beatles, and 
people have different opinions of when, what, what was the very first song they heard that did it and set you into Beatlemania? Some people say she loves you. Other people say this song. This was the song that did it for me. So let's hear the champs.
just shut my eyes we played a lot of stuff like that and i shut my eyes and i saw sonny a big body of his when he'd take his harmonica let the guitar sling down get on his harmonica and play it he could sing it and play it and then i heard the bass player just that's bobby satello playing those licks if i ever heard anything and we did many of those tunes really did enjoy them so that brought back some pretty cool memories. I understand uh, Ty told me that Sonny has a daughter. I'm going to have to reach out and tell her how much I appreciated playing with her dad and how great he was. And uh, he made it, and he, he was a wonderful man. I think he passed away about three years ago. Mr. Pepsi, Sonny Farlow. 
We're going to go back into the 60s and listen to Leslie Gore. Now, Leslie is was a Jewish girl, uh, Goldstein, I believe is her last name. And her first big hit, It's My Party, was done with Quincy Jones at about 16 years old. Kind of amazing. She had uh, four or five different, I'd say maybe three or four different tunes that were hits. Uh, it's Judy's Turn to Cry, She's a Fool, You Don't Own Me, Maybe I Know, California Hits. But she went on to write more songs, which I didn't realize. And then in 1980, she and her brother, he had changed his name to Michael Gore at that time, at the same time. Leslie and Mike wrote a lot of, composed a lot of the tunes for Fame, the movie Fame, and won some awards for that. She was, she sings all these songs about uh, sad relationships with her men and this and that. And yet she said she knew that she really liked women and loved women. Uh, from an early age, she said uh, rock and roll or Hollywood rock and roll was very homophobic, but nobody bugged her and she didn't shove it in anybody's face. She died in 2015 of lung cancer and lived with her partner happily for 33 years. So it's my party. sound with Quincy Jones. Very nice, distinguished career, Leslie Gore. So we're going to listen to 
Sheryl Crow, which of course has had tons and tons of hits, and she plays well, sings well. And I was reading a story, of, oh, I don't know, 10 years ago. She's pals with Jennifer Aniston and Courtney Cox and a few of those. And the Hollywood actresses want to be a rock and roll singer, and the rock and roll singer wants to be an actress. So un unfortunately for both, that's not really a good crossover because you might be a great musician, but you can't act worth a damn, and vice versa. I've seen some of these Hollywood bands that are terrible, they stink, but I guess uh, people think, well, okay, well, I can act and I'll go play music. So keep to your acting, and the musicians will keep to what they do best. <laughs> Well, I went to bed in Memphis and I woke up in Hollywood. I got a quarter in my pocket and I'd call you if I could, but I don't know why. I got a lie. I wanna rock and roll this party. I still wanna have some fun. I wanna leave you feeling breathless, show you how the West was won, but I got a this free but I'll already be long gone
So Miranda by Fleetwood Mac is, it, it's not often that you have a song sung by your neighbor who lives four houses out, four houses up the street uh, here in Paradise Valley. That's kind of an exaggeration. Actually, she wasn't my neighbor. She was my aunt's neighbor. I did have an opportunity one day to meet her mother. And I, and uh, one time Aunt Alice was talking something about uh, the, the Knicks, uh, her father ran the gas company or, uh, here and was the GM over at the gas company. And I don't know how the conversation came up, but she said something about little Stevie Nicks. And I knew she lived in Paradise. I had read she lived in Paradise Valley. This is about, oh, 15 years ago. And she said, yeah, she, uh, little Stevie, she had some trouble with some alcohol problems or something in the 90s. And I said, you think? And then I said, Alice, if I would have known that Stevie Nicks lived four houses up from you all the years I used to come visit as a young man at this place, and sometimes with friends of mine coming up here, I said, we'd have made, taken up permanent residence at your house. I said, she was up the street. I said, she became very famous, Alice, and her band was very good. So let's listen to my neighbor. <laughs> Oh! 
neighbor gonna have a good show next week exciting show i'm t i'm just i'm uh buying off on the comments that people are liking what we're doing or getting more and more requests i know i know i owe mr nagel bagel steve nagel he wants some southern rock wants a little pat benatar a little 38 special so we'll be getting to that stevie and lay that out but we're going to put together a, an exciting show so I want to take the time, I want to remember and remind myself to take the time to thank everybody who is part of the program. First, the listeners. Every week it's growing. Really do appreciate that. More and more comments. The request line's open. So we're, we've got uh, two, three, four weeks out now on requests. And uh, I want to thank Sacred Canyon for wanting to partner up with us and give our uh, loyal listeners some of the treats. They could range any firm from fabulous teriyaki beef jerky to the coolest trail mix ever to who knows we may have some grand prizes with some of his fabulous wine that he does it's a wonder he can keep track of the numbers down at the station uh terry's a big big part of the show there's no doubt about it without terry there'd be no show appreciate the pro captain dave angel with his voice my number one contributor so far in songs every single week is my daughter shelly so i'm Happy with that, pleased with that. She's keeping me running, and Marlene's chipping some in now, too. So that part I'm enjoying. The library's growing, growing, growing. So let's end it this week, first week in November, with a song by a group called Shelters, and it's a 2016, and it's bird-watching. It's got some good lyrics in there. They also have another song, Liar, that's pretty good. So thanks again. I appreciate and look forward to seeing you next week.
rock and roll favorites on RadioWilder.com.